What's up, guys? Welcome to the second episode of Chatisfaction. I'm Keith. And I'm Sam. And uh, it's another week, another another whatever the saying goes, Sam. Uh, another week, another $5. Yeah, that's, I guess. Yeah, $5 is nice. Well, it depends if, you're, if you work five days a week or what. But standard, I'd say another week, another $5. Just a dollar a day you're making? Well, yeah, because that's the the phrase is another day, another dollar. So yeah. if we're expanding that, another week, another five dollars. Another work week, I guess. Yeah, we're talking about working. Yeah, what job do you think just you make one dollar a day? Not great. I can't imagine. The same job must work? have come from a while ago. You know, like yeah, you know when old people talk about back back in their day, it, it had to have been like back in their parents' day. Yeah. When a candy bar was a nickel. Oh, the good old days. But still, that's that's like 5% of your entire day's paycheck. I don't know if I would pay 5% of a day's work for a candy bar right now. Well, no, you you get that five cents to your kid, your piece of shit kid who's not contributing anything. Just shut them up. God. No wonder. Yeah. What you been up to, Sam? Um, Just went rock climbing today. My hands hurt, but that's like what you want out of rock climbing. Yeah, that's a new thing you're doing, right? Yeah, yeah, we're we've been doing it for about a month now, and uh, mm. we're hitting week. the point. Me and uh, Tessa, my uh, fiance, 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 uh, Grizz's fiance, fiance. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, we, yeah, we've been going for about a month, and we're, we're hitting this point, or I am at least, where like every time you go climbing when you first start, you see like you get way better every time, and it's mm. really noticeable. And now I'm starting to like my improvement is less noticeable, and so it's less immediately satisfying. Um, yeah. But I'm still getting better, and I'm getting to the point where like the stuff I'm trying to do, um, it's still not it's not hard by any standards, but it's like uh, it, I'm starting to get scared. Yeah. Way, like like are you the, getting higher? The, yeah, a little bit. So what we do what's was called bouldering, which is like no rope, um, and it's just like it's you don't go very high when you boulder. Um, mm. But you still get high enough that you get stressed out if you're like, or I do at least, I can't speak for everyone, I guess, but I get stressed out if I'm not sure of my move because even though I'm only falling 10 feet, it's still scary to like suddenly fall 10 feet. Yeah. Um, but uh, but there's this big like actual fake boulder at the gym and it's rounded on top and some of the routes actually climb up over top of it. Like that's how you end the route is by standing on top of the boulder and then mm-hmm. climb down um, and they make it like really sketchy to get over that edge and so it, i've like i had a couple routes today i was climbing where i was getting really nervous like as i was getting to that edge um but that's what's fun about it is like overcoming those nerves yeah that'd be the big thing for me I'm, i don't do well with heights so I, i've never thought about rock climbing at all and also because i'm a, a pathetic physical uh, specimen of a human being that's true so, i was going to point that out if you didn't so yeah thanks I, you're always <laughs> there to tell me the truth that's what <laughs> best friends do yeah, exactly. Um, but cool. I'm glad that's working out for you because I know that both of us have an aversion to any sort of workout. But you had a leg up because you liked playing ultimate frisbee, which involved a lot of running. My my whole deal is I have to trick my body into exercising, and so ultimate yeah. is a great way. And now climbing is like a different. It's not you know, I'm not usually like out of breath and sweating when I climb, but I work out like it's more weight weightlifting yeah. and stuff. So yeah. I wish I could. I wish I could get a little more heart rate increase but mm. I'm, I'm still having a lot of fun 
I tried. My girlfriend's super into exercising. She loves it. And our our friend Roger just like the man basically became the Hulk. I can't. He I, got so I, swole, and I every time I see him, I forget and then remember, and I go, oh, "Holy shit!" Like <laughs> it always catches me off guard. Yeah, I I don't have that kind of commitment to do that sort of thing. Like he's when he started, he was he was like you know tracking all the food and and definitely paying attention to what kind of workouts you do and stuff. And and I'm just like uh, I lift weights. And then you do this 10 times and then do it three more times. And then you go home and cry yourself to sleep because yeah, lifting weights is hard. Um, but he, he's got the dedication and then I just can't do it. I mean, just playing video games is so much easier. Do you just, what you need to do is slowly add weight to your PS4 controller. <laughs> that would be funny. What I actually did <laughs> a while ago. Uh, was I, I got the exercise bike out. Oh, that's I, right. I played that while I... Or I, I rode that while I played Diablo, and I did that for a little bit, but then once I stopped playing Diablo, there's not many games you can do that with because Di- Diablo is so mindless at a certain point. You're just, you like, played, mashing. You played with my brother a lot when you did that, didn't you? Not when I was riding the bike. Oh, okay. Um, but I, that was when I started playing with your brother, was around that time. But I, I didn't play with anybody while I was riding the bike because the bike's so loud, it would, it would be annoying. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and, I, and I wouldn't be able to focus on a conversation. But, I mean, I did that for, like, at least 30 minutes every day that I did it. And I play, I was playing Diablo every day. So, um, I don't know. When I get yeah. back – maybe when I get back into Diablo, I'll just kick that bike out again and start doing that. That's what everybody's like, man, Keith's looking really good. There must be a new Diablo out. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish <laughs> I wish I could, I could come across a situation any day when anyone just goes, man, Keith's looking good. <laughs> But mostly, I just get comments on my shitty facial hair. So, Keith, your facial Whatever. hair looks less shitty today. What did a new uh, Fallout come out? <laughs> yeah. Sam. Yes, sir. I do believe we have some Star Wars to talk about. Um, why? Because there was some Star Wars that happened this weekend. Um, I mean, personally, I believe they've never made a Star Wars movie other than episodes four, five, and six. That's not true, but one could hope. You would wish it, but they did make other ones. Uh, there was the Star Wars event. What was it? Star Wars Celebration, I think it was called. Is that what it was? And uh, uh, to be clear to our uh, viewer uh, or listener, um, I, I, I love The Force Awakens, and I'm excited for this new one. Yeah, and we are going to get to that and talk about that for sure. I don't want people uh, being like, oh, I guess Sam's the, guy, the old Star Wars nerd that doesn't like any of the new Star Wars movies. I want them to know. That I'm hip with the game. Before down. they before they click off, they're like, fuck yeah. this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Sam loves uh, episode seven. I like it, don't love it. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's talk about the exciting stuff. They had the Star Wars celebration. Uh I I didn't like pick apart all the news for it. I mean, the big thing was a it was the first trailer for episode eight. Um and I did watch some stuff for the new Battlefront, which looks cool, which maybe I'll talk about in a little bit. Did you see that stuff? Did you see the trailer? Yeah, I, I watched the trailer and I just mm-hmm. Yeah, we can get into it in a little bit. I am going to be grumpy nerd about Battlefront. Okay, good. Then, and then uh, <laughs> I think I'm actually feeling pretty positive about it for a couple particular reasons. But uh, they did drop the trailer for Episode 8, um, and I just watched it, or we just watched it but before we started recording this, just as a little refresher. Uh, and boy, oh boy, does it look good. How do you feel about it? Um, I 
feel so good about it. Um, I, yeah. This should be obvious, but we're going to have spoilers for every Star Wars movie that has been out um, yeah. moving forward here. Um, and I think I can safely say we're going to have our own analysis of the trailer, but it's not based off of, like, I haven't been reading up on it or anything. Um, mm. I, I tend to, like, I like to see what I can glean from something or what my friends can, but I don't yeah. like I don't like using the entire collective power of the Internet to look for yeah. secrets because it's, yeah. it's sort of no fun to me. Yeah, I didn't I didn't do that either because I knew we were going to talk about it, so I know when when we are going to do this in official capacity, I'll watch something and I'll stay away from, like, things that we saw in the star Wars trailer that you right. didn't see and, and like all that shit, you know? Yeah. So, uh, just kind of gut reaction. How are you feeling about it? Gut reaction is I am so goddamn excited. Um, the only thing you want out of the force awakens, the whole movie, you're just waiting for Luke Skywalker to show up and he, mm-hmm. f- he shows up in the very end and he doesn't have a single line and it's still the greatest scene in the movie. And then in the trailer for this, we've now heard old Luke Skywalker speak. And yeah. he says some pretty fucking loaded stuff. Uh, yeah. And it's so much fun. It's just a thing that's going to happen. Um, I, yeah. I personally, I think if Ray follows a satisfying story arc, which looks like she's going to, I think she, I'm going to come away from this final or this next trilogy with Ray as my absolute favorite Star Wars character. Um, it's it's potentially possible. The only way that I could feel that way is if uh, they play around with the mythology a lot in this one, which I ho- I'm hoping that they'll do. Uh, it seems that Luke, uh, you know, the this trailer starts and he's just doing the like training thing. Obviously, we're right. talking to her, silently to breathe and reach out and teaching her the depths of what the Force can accomplish. So, ha- like letting her feel visions and stuff, you know, right. Um, and then it ends uh, with him saying, I only know one truth. It's time for the Jedi to end. What right. do you glean? I mean, like, that's the huge thing in the trailer. Right. other stuff. Like, you know, but, the, I mean, that's the huge kind of, like, point of this trailer. Well, and it well, clearly is, is pointing directly towards the title of the movie, The Last mm-hmm. Jedi. Like, mm-hmm. they're leaning on that. Like, whereas The Force Awakens was sort of like, you just had to kind of, you know, the trailers weren't like, I feel the force waking up or anything like that. Like it didn't, the title was, was more like just overall theme than, uh, yeah, I, I guess you did have that. You did hear Snoke say like, there's been an awakening. Um, mm-hmm. but, but anyway, I, I feel like this is more directly like here is why this is the title of this movie is yeah. clearly going to be a big theme. Um, so I think probably what most nerds who have spent any time thinking about it think, and that's that that statement means that uh Luke has now trained to be a Jedi, betrayed his training to go save his friends. He was told mm-hmm. that his attachment to people and his love uh would be his downfall, but he actually you know used his own love to bring his father back from the dark side and used his father's love to bring him back from the dark side, which we'd never seen done you know in any other movies since yeah. um and then he tries to train a new generation of Jedi, presumably by, based on old Jedi rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. And then one of them, very presumably Kylo Ren, went bad and uh, killed everyone. And so I think Luke is saying, fuck this Jedi slash dark side shit. Like, the, yeah. the, the way to be a true, you know, embodiment of the Force is to embrace 
both sides. And I think he is going to train Ray, yeah, to to embrace her feelings, embrace her emotions, uh, and use them for good. But appreciate that you know love and connection is you know the most powerful you know outside of the force like it's such a, it's such a powerful force in itself and that yeah. if you're if you, if using emotion can tap you into the dark side if you can use your emotion without being evil like just imagine what the, what kind of shit she's going to pull off and that's what gets me so excited for this movie just she was amazing to watch when she didn't even know what she was doing and after yeah. she trains with Luke I think she's just going to be a fucking blast um yeah I think we could not be uh, more in agreement on uh hold on one second um, I don't. I don't think we could be more in agreement that that is the general gist. Is that they're they're working towards a middle ground. Like when those movies were made, I think we were in a different space as human beings, where we did need like a, uh, absolute good versus absolute evil. And even towards the end of that, it toted in the middle. It, it flirted with being in the middle a little bit, but it still was like Luke was the hero. You know, he was the absolute hero. We were just tempted by the dark side, right? Um, and so flirting with the fact that like. Maybe the Jedi are just as responsible for just as much pain and destruction as the dark side are. And they represent these extremes uh, that just perpetuate uh, violence with each other. And everyone else is caught in the crosshairs of it. I think you got a little hint of that, maybe a little foreshadowing with uh, Finn's arc from the the first movie where it was the first time we kind of saw a stormtrooper humanized at all. And it was, it was a guy who kind of deserted ranks and became for all intents and purposes, like uh, one of the good guys. Like, you know, I don't think that was ever fathomable. We never saw a stormtrooper do anything other than follow orders and be a dick. You know, the first, the first time I saw the force awakens, I somehow forgot that Finn was a stormtrooper. Like, it in just, movie. yeah, like it just didn't cross my mind in that opening scene. And so when you see that stormtrooper, he like his buddy dies and he gets blood all over him. I was like, holy shit! Like they're going really dark <laughs> with this. Yeah. Like we've never seen stormtroopers yeah. bleed out before. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I it dawned on me pretty quickly. I was like, oh right, that's that's one of the characters. Yeah. Oh, you forgot in the while. Well, well, I thought you meant like in the middle of the movie. You forgot in the beginning that he was a stormtrooper. No, no, I like I had seen you know a few of the trailers. I as we sort of talked about last week. I I've, yeah. I had been trying to stay away. Um, but I you know the the first trailer. Something actually I thought was cool about this trailer too. They both open with like one of the main characters like frantic. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I thought that was a neat little parallel in this one. Uh, to it Finn was sort and of popping up. Yeah, Finn popping up represents like a new awakening for lack of a better word you know like, mm. here are some new characters and they're gonna rise up and i like that it starts with finn coming or the new one starts with da- daisy ridley uh fucking ray coming down and actually being exasperated which represents to me kind of like this movie is where the uh the first order is going to strike back and and like the heroes are going to lose some ground a little bit not totally uncommon with you know empire strikes back where basically right. they lose that like they lose at the end of that the heroes lose them yeah it's such a downer and that's like I, I, a lot of people complain about the force awakens being way too similar to a new hope which you and i can get into either today or some other time because i know we sort of have conflicting views on it um yeah but i will say the one the one similarity i hope we get from the last jedi and the empire strikes back as i hope it ends on a downtown i hope that it overall it's sort of 
is that like downer movie because those can be the best movies when you don't have to wrap everything up tightly at the end. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, especially since we know it's going to be a trilogy. We already know it's a trilogy, whereas in, back in the day they kind of didn't know. Right. We, I, you know, the first one could have just been its own movie. And I think it was supposed to be, but then it did so well that uh, they made another one and, and then again another one. Um, well, something but, something that just sorry. struck me that I think is really cool is like um, the first trailer for The Force Awakens was all about Finn. Um mm. And most of the merchandising was all about Finn and they, they put a lot of work into making it look like Finn was the main character and he was the Jedi. Um, and he's clearly not. And by the time this trilogy is over, it's going to be very clear. I think that Ray is the main character of it. She is the Luke Skywalker of this trilogy. And I think it's just neat. It's neat to live there. Like, I always think about what would it have been like to have... I don't remember not ever knowing that Darth Vader was Luke's father, you know? Yeah. Um, but people who watched those movies when they came out got to actually be surprised by that. And so it's fun. Like, it's cool that Finn... You know, we went into The Force Awakens thinking Finn was a bigger player than he is. Um, mm. And now now it's, like, clear that it's Ray, And, you know, the merchandising for this movie is going to be... Ray's going to get to have a lightsaber and Ray's going to get to be, you know, the badass, obvious main character. And moving forward, you know, decades in the future, it's all going to be about Ray. But yeah. there was this brief couple, there was a brief year basically where it was all about Finn sort of to mislead us. And it was, it's cool to have been a part of it during that year, I think. Yeah. Um, I still think some Finn stuff could play out. I think he's a bigger character than. This trailer certainly leads on. It he's like he's uh, just going to be sleeping through this whole movie. It's like, yeah. okay, get up. No, I definitely think he's, I don't mean he's like an unimportant character by any means, but he's more of like a Han or a Leia versus a Luke. Like he's, he's there, he's going to be there yeah. um, and he's going to play a role. But Luke Skywalker is the original Star Wars trilogy as far as I'm concerned. I guess a lot of people think it's Han Solo, like, but Luke is the main character and Han yeah. Solo is just a very uh, lovable secondary character what if finn does end up being some sort of like jedi as well i think that'd be pretty dope you know it's like we have this new trilogy and it it has a a black and a female main character who are like awesome using lightsabers and the force and stuff like finn never never showed any um connection with the force in the first one but he did wield the hell out of, light, out of that lightsaber for a good battle or two. Yeah, but he just whacked people with it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I, I like. I feel like it'd be too much if they made him a, a Jedi, and if they did it well, it'd be exciting. But yeah, I think uh, I like the focus just kind of being on one person for the Jedi yeah. stuff, like because she's raised already. Like you know, she's such an amazing Jedi without any training. That like throwing in Annoying. someone else annoyingly that... good. No, just so good. I love it. I annoyingly good. Too good. No way. In my opinion. No, absolutely not. Um. Yeah, and it looks like. I mean, it does look like the first order gets the upper hand in this one because there's there's scenes of like the the rebels or the. What are they calling this one? They're, they're not... They're they resistance. The, the resistance. The, res, the resistance base seemingly being bombed with, like, Poe Dameron being kind of 
shot away from his craft and yeah his black x-wing some star war happening that whatever planet they're on where those those ships come down and they kick up all that red sand they're like i think it looked to me like they were like spraying it didn't look like they were kicking it up it looked like it was coming from them intentionally um yeah i don't know i mean we'll see for sure but uh that was dope i i think that the new director like his his kind of uh tangible or tactile kind of look to the those alien worlds he shoots it really well Uh, yeah and and i mean it's only like um, two minutes of footage to go off of but i it looks consistent enough with jj abrams uh filming but like also like slightly different that i know someone else um and i like him i think he's a better probably more well-rounded uh filmmaker than jj might be so i think yeah. this, this could be end up being i think i think everyone thinks this, this is going to be the the big one like the one that's good you know i, don't, you I can't think, so? think of a single person who is excited for the ninth one with uh colin trevaro who did um Jurassic, Jurassic World. World. Yeah, my so my hope, the thing I keep telling myself with that is that uh I hope like maybe he didn't have all of that my understanding is he didn't have a ton of freedom with Jurassic World. Like mm-hmm. I I can't remember what it was, but I remember reading some decently like encouraging stuff about the making of that movie where he just sort of was in the director's chair, but it's not like he was he was like, Oh, I'm gonna make the movie I wanna make. Like I think there yeah. was a lot more to it um and i think you know it's it was this big safe disney thing or was it disney was jurassic world disney no um or yeah it's it's universal um and i only know that because of the theme park yeah Um, but uh, i'm pretty sure it was made by universal orlando studios in front of that big spinning globe (laughs) <laughs> that, that all Nickelodeon shows <laughs> took place next to. It certainly seems like it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm um, actually fall on the on the scale of people who didn't think it was terrible. Like I think it was good. I would never. I saw it once, and I I think that's fine. Like I would never need to see it again. But I didn't think it was awful. It's predictable, and uh, I thought it had some cool parts. Though you know, like it definitely had ideas that were good that never got fleshed out. Um, but I don't think any of that is. I I like to think I don't know, but I like to think that none of that was his fault because I liked uh, the other movie that he did, uh, Safety Not Guaranteed. Did you see that? He made Safety Not Guaranteed. Yeah, I know it was written by uh, Mark Duplass and maybe his brother. Yeah, but I thought they directed it too. I didn't know that. Nope, Colin Trevorrow direct Trevorrow directed that. Um, I've always said Trevorrow. Trevor. Trevor, Trevor, I don't fuck it. I don't know. <laughs> my my boy Colin T. Colin uh, T. Colin T. Yeah, he directed that one, and I like that. I like that movie a lot because I like. I really like Mark Duplass and uh, every and the movie that he does movies that he does with his brother. I was talking talking to someone else about him just to go off on a, a weird tangent that uh, he doesn't make like the most amazing movies, but I think he is so likable in all the roles that he's in, it's just like comfortable. Like there's a comfort there where I'm going to watch a Mark Duplass movie and, and I know it'll be fine. Like I, I won't have my mind blown or anything, but I'll have a good time and, and get a different sort of movie going experience. Than I he would. does. He does good. Like soft sci-fi too. I think like, did you see the yeah. one I love? Is that the one where they go like him and the girl? Hey, no, no spoilers, Keith, but they go on like a retreat 
like yeah. a couples a couples thing to like help like couples therapy. Yeah. 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 That one was awesome. It yeah, was that so movie good. was great. Yeah. Um, um Yeah, stuff like that. Or the one um it's called like my brother Jeff or something like that, right? I don't think I, I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen it. Um but it was something like that. Yeah. Um talking about directors and writers, I wanna snap this back to Star Wars. Do it, um, do it. I just looked up there's a quote I remember from about a year ago. Um I I probably like you was kind of disappointed to learn that JJ Abrams wasn't gonna make the next Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Um but I also think it's good because I think even like you and I are huge lovers of like the Nolan Batman films. Um yeah. but even him, like you could tell that throughout the process of making all three of those movies he got lazier. Like each one had more CG and yeah. a more bloated plot. Like the th- some of the stuff we liked about Batman Begins sort of faded by the end. Like Batman Begins, I remember nerding out about how the Tumblr was a real vehicle they built. It had mm-hmm. a real jet engine. It could really do all the stuff it did. And then in The yep. Dark Knight Rises, you know, he had the weird helicopter mobile that was clearly just made up. Um, and it, stuff like that, like, mm-hmm. I think it's sometimes it's good for directors to leave before they get bored. Um, yeah. But I was also nervous about it being handed off to someone else who was both writing and directing it. Um, yeah. But this quote from J.J. Abrams I really liked. And actually, it's a quote from uh, his friend uh, who stars as the X-Wing pilot, Snap Wexley. Uh, Are you talking about Greg Grunberg? Oh, yeah. Is he the Lost dude? Yeah. Or no, pilot. not Lost. Heroes. He was on Heroes. He was on Heroes, but he was also the pilot um, on the pilot episode of Lost. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, but guy, okay. I didn't know yeah. he was J.J. Abrams' friend. I just, I guess it makes sense if he was a pilot on yeah, Lost. Yeah, he does, he does um, everything with J.J. Abrams. He like, cameras okay. and everything that he does. Um, but I did know, I knew that guy's name was Snap Wexley. But so anyway, so mm. Snap Wexley, the guy who played him, whose name you just said, um, mm. he gave a quote to the Washington Post where he was talking about J.J. Abrams reading the script for episode eight. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said he read it and said something he never, ever says. Uh he said, it's so good, I wish I were making it. And I've seen other things like that where J.J. Abrams actually is kind of regretting not directing episode eight because of yeah. how good the script is. Yeah. Um, and that's extremely exciting to me um, that he's not like, you know, because that's a very unnecessary statement that he made to his friend. It's not yeah. like some PR thing where he's like, oh, it's great. He's like, no, man, <laughs> like I wish, yeah. I wish I was doing that. That's such a good, like, I think it's a really promising sign. And if it's true... And if this movie is good, I'm also worried about uh, Colin Trevorrow. Colin? Colin T. Colin T. And uh, I'm worried about him, but Rian Johnson is writing episode nine as well. Um, Ryan so Johnson. If Ryan. He, Ryan um, yeah. If he is, if he wrote such a good episode eight, already knowing he was writing episode nine, it mm-hmm. could just be a great combo. Um and yeah. part of what made the original trilogy good is that everyone was directed by someone else and they had multiple writers. Like it wasn't all a, a one-stop shop. Like they sort of had different people in and out and the worst one was directed by George Lucas. Mm-hmm. And then the less input he had, the better they got. Yeah. Um, I agree there. I mean, I, I don't dislike Colin T. Um, I, I know that a lot of people that I talk to are not thrilled, but I don't think it's going to be detrimental. Will it be as good as eight? I don't know. Maybe not. 
but that's fine because episode uh, six was still a great movie. I still like uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. I Return of the Jedi. Uh, I'm in the minority here. It was my favorite of the original trilogy. Oh, really? Yeah, and I I don't think that people who like Empire better are wrong. I wouldn't. I'm not going to argue with them. I just like Jedi better. I think growing up, I'm like I'm a good kid. I like following the rules. I like when everything works out. And so Jedi has such a wonderful conclusion that mm-hmm. it's a more satisfying movie to me. Um, and were you I, nervous at all then about like starting this new trilogy and basically being like you're kind of perfect fairy tale ending is being blown up and just shit sucks now for most of the people that were involved in the last no i'm not nervous because the the prequel trilogy has already tainted star wars forever and so at this point it's like they could either keep making bad ones in which case Mm -hmm. we're in the same boat we have three good movies and a bunch of bad ones or it could be good and if it's good then that's good um, but even with the prequels being bad, your your original story is still intact because it happens before that. So you still no, have but but it's your not perfect so much, ending. But the the ending is intact. But like, if you take the the prequels seriously, it's really hard to be to give a shit about Darth Vader, who's one of the coolest characters ever. Like yeah. Anakin in the prequels sucks so much that mm-hmm. he, if you let him, he will ruin the original trilogy because he is just such a whiny little bitch. And it's hard to look at this dude voiced by James Earl Jones, who used to be like one of the most intimidating, greatest villains ever, and be like, oh, it's just shitty Hayden Christensen in there. Like, I I think the prequels do taint the original movies if you let them. Um, yeah. And I try not to let them. I, I'm actually I'm trying more and more to find things to like out of the prequels because they're there and they're not going anywhere. Um, if those prequels were chopped all into one movie, cause there's, it's just so bloated. There's no reason to have three of those movies. The story no. is so thin between the, all of them. The first if one some, especially is so useless. There's yeah, you like cut five out so minutes much of that. content in it that's necessary. Yeah. Um, if you, I'm convinced if someone could chop one movie together out of all three of those movies, you could have a solid, just standalone like there's four there's there's a handful of uh of like fan fan cuts where it's like three hours and it's all three of the movies like three hours condensed mm-hmm. um, and i'm pretty sure that a common theme among the different versions is that there is about 10 minutes of phantom menace in there yeah it's so so much of it is so superfluous i, mean, <laughs> I think it's basically who, just a fight that's just a lightsaber fight because everyone wants to see yeah it. i mean who fucking cares about the depths of like trade policies and you know like the politics of star wars is so not what it's about it, it is a cool like backdrop it's a kids movie that's that's yeah. what Luke, that's what uh lucas has always said so clearly kids care about uh inner stellar uh politics that's that's why it's in there it's for kids it's not for you keith obviously you're not going to care about the trade blockade around a planet that makes a ring that is very easy to fly around why would you care about that you're an adult this is for kids they're the ones that want to see senate negotiations and a, exactly. a slow obvious plot to take over the senate exactly exactly it's for kids yeah i i think we could confidently say the prequels are shit by far they are, and there are a few interesting things. Then, but even as I get older, like 
I don't even care about the lightsaber fights um, because no. they're just they're hollow. They're completely hollow. I'd much rather watch a slow, boring lightsaber fight between Luke and his dad that's like loaded and emotional than watch a CG Yoda bounce around on an airplane. Yeah. Um, it also takes some of that mystery out of Yoda. Out of Yoda. I'm going to kick it to another sci-fi series that I just got into that I really like that you're probably sick of hearing about. But it's there's something to this, like, Star Wars was a thing where, like, Yoda, you, you had, you heard stories about how Yoda was great, you know? And you go to Yoda, and he's just this weird fucking, like, little Kermit the Frog-looking dude. And he's, he's just being enigmatic and kind of like a Mr. Miyagi type where he seems crazy, but everything that he's teaching him works. And he right. very obviously has this knowledge. And the way you talk about him builds a mystery and intrigue around him in the same way with Darth Vader, where he is built to be this ultimate badass and then you have the story where like he wasn't always that way and the story is enriched by your imagination and this is one of the i'm going to talk about doctor who in this sense where when that oh, series I, got, I have to go i'm sorry everybody <laughs> no when that series got rebooted in 2005 um it had law lo- that show had been running since like the 50s um and it was started out as like a pbs sort of like educational type of show to teach kids about like science and shit like that or history history and science um but when they rebooted in 2005 they gave the doctor this like dark backstory where he was in this he took part in this war and and committed all these atrocities and was responsible for two races being wiped out completely one of them being his own so he's the last of his kind and he's responsible for it and so they built that mystery around it and never showed it and just had people talk a, like they would see him and be like oh shit it's the doctor and why would they be why are they scared of him well then they would tell these stories about like these war stories but you'd never see it it would just be through word of mouth and the way the actors acted uh it was all over their face like yeah the doctor is super dangerous um but he touted himself as this uh you know man of peace and he'd never use violence or never try to kill anybody um and it's because of his atrocities that he committed. There's something to that powerful type of storytelling. So every time they show more and more of his home planet or any of that war that happened, it kind of takes away from your imagination a little bit because right. they have been showing more and more of that stuff. And so that's what I feel about. Like, that's what I'm, I worry about with Star Wars and especially those prequels is like you're ruining the sense of mystery and the already stellar storytelling that you had where you built this mythology around these characters and had other people tell them stories by word of mouth. Um, and it was written all over their faces. Like Darth Vader is a fucking badass and he can't be touched, but he also, you know, he used to be this good guy that it just went bad somehow. Um, there's something to leaving it to your imagination. And so having these, uh, new movies come out, not being any sort of like, we're not going to, fuck with the mythology anymore we're gonna build new stories that's what's most appealing to me so i'm really excited for eight in that way because i think we're going to get more to this kind of core building of these new stories as yeah. opposed to relying on nostalgia from the seven is so nostalgia heavy that it almost bugged me yeah i and that's we can get into this now if you want to but i i I what I felt like seven did like seven was in a very precarious place where yeah. if it wasn't Star Wars enough people were going to be pissed and then if it was too Star Warsy people were going to be pissed and so yeah. I do I think J J Abrams was in a pretty damned if you do damned if you do damned if you don't situation um, yeah I think clearly 
considering how much money that made and how well reviewed it was for the most part he did pretty well um he walked a fairly good line i've heard a lot of people complain about how safe it played it as far as the similar story beats um to uh a new hope and i Mm -hmm. agree that they were there but to me they weren't important they were they were a background they were a comfortable setting to introduce a new cast and introduce new people and so i got to feel happy and comfortable in a star wars movie while i learned all these new things and so i i anticipate in the next two movies and i might end up being wrong that they're going to shift away from the formula of star wars and we're still going to see star wars things but i think i'm hoping that the the only the, the tightest similarity to empire is going to be that it's a downer um yeah, but, well, if they but do I, this middle ground theory that we're talking about, and, ta- and if we're talking about deconstructing the light and the dark side, it will be super different, and I'm super yeah. into that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I read an interview with J.J. Abrams I really liked where he was talking about uh, the end of The Force Awakens. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's like, I know that there's, he's like, there's a lot of similarities. He's like, but, you know, Star Wars, you know, is based on all of these other movies, and like... There's always similarities of things, and this is, you know, it's episode seven in a series of movies. Of course, it can have similarities, but what he says specifically is he's like, he's like, when they're on Starkiller Base, he's like, you're not, as a, as a viewer, you're not thinking, is that planet going to explode? He's like, you know what's going to explode. Everyone knows it's going to explode. That's not what's interesting about the scene. You're not wondering, I hope they blow up the planet. What you're wondering is like what's going to happen when these two characters get alone in the woods, um, yeah. and it's true, and that's how I feel about it. Like when I think about the Force Awakens, I don't think about the fact that there was a droid that was being chased by the evil people and and held by the good people. I don't think about the fact that there was a Death Star that needed to blow up. I don't think about the fact that there was this like desert farm girl that got swept up in the same. Like I don't think about those similarities. I think about uh, you know this person with no knowledge of the force like tapping into it as she hear things i think about like i do think about those two characters uh in the woods and what you know in their fight like that's my favorite scene in the movie is when ray picks up the lightsaber uh out of the snow like i get goosebumps every time i watch that scene because it's so cool like kylo ren is and i and i think kylo ren i think is such an interesting unique character to star wars like he wouldn't Kylo be Ren an is my favorite of the new characters. He would not be an, an interesting character without Darth Vader. So mm-hmm. he he has to look like Darth Vader, but that's the whole fucking point of him is that he wants to be Darth Vader. Ray even calls him out for it because she sees into his mind and sees that he wants to be Darth Vader. Like he wears this helmet he doesn't need. He acts like like he's just such a like whiny angsty bitch while also being like tough and badass, but it's such a clearly put on toughness because he's trying to be something is not like, and I think that's really interesting, but like it, it's, he is copying Darth Vader, but that's who his character is. And that's really interesting yeah. to me. Um, so I'm not, I don't look at Kylo Ren and go, Oh wow. He's a badass. Just like Darth Vader. I look at Kylo Ren and I go, this guy is a really interesting character. Cause he's trying to be just like Darth Vader. It's not even the movie trying to copy. It's literally a character in the movie. He's trying to copy somebody else. And that's yeah, he's how so, he's so clearly not though. Like he has those emotional outbursts and he's compared to everyone else. Cause no one else has uh, Jedi training or force powers. He just seems really powerful. But when Ray picks up her stuff, 
annoyingly like it looks like she just picks up all the stuff and is great at it which is it just kind of is annoying because there's no struggle there for me for the hero um other than like oh monkey see monkey do almost you know it's but maybe they're both on a skill level that is so low that it just seems like she's so much better than him you know what I mean? Because like he's not even done with his training at the end of the movie. Right. Uh, Snoke is like bring him back and he needs to finish his training. Um, so what if she is tr- like they're both training and Snoke puts him so much further ahead of her that he when they meet next, he rips her apart. You know, no way. She's training with Luke fucking Skywalker. She's she's going to be good. Yeah, but um, clearly he's, uh, he, you know, he's not feeling it. That's true. But no, I I don't have a problem with that either because uh she, like, every step of the way, everything she does involving the Force, if you're paying attention to the movie, like, there is reason for her to do it. Like, she, uh, when she talks to Maz, uh, who is one of my least favorite parts about the movie, uh, mm-hmm. I think, I just think all all CG characters are fucking boring and lame. And if you're going to make an all CG character, at least make them cool looking. Like, Maz is just a little shriveled lemon. Like, yeah. Don't enjoy um, me so much. I didn't. I didn't care un- for it. We're getting to this uncanny valley, especially with like we're in a different place with video games, where a lot of the characters people do interact with are CG by default. So Maz is not something that bothered me that much. Just looking at her, you know, it's, it's just more of like her character is just there to build a mystery that like I I'm not interested in seeing build through this movie and just kind of tease me. That this is what I don't like about Seven is that they already know they're making a trilogy so it doesn't feel like a complete movie to me at all like it's right it's, it kind of ends it, it, it ending with luke skywalker makes sense and you could kind of see that's where they're going with it um and that's fine but like it gets resolved in in the most like unsatisfying way uh to me but the movie was still good and fun and star wars which was that's that's all it was about to me was was episode seven was about reestablishing some faith that like this tr- this franchise is back in capable hands they care about the content they right. want to make it good for the fans and so and then introduce some new characters that are pretty interesting which I think all of them are and I love Kylo Ren as a villain and as this kind of s- struggling villain who doesn't even really I don't even think he like is a hundred percent in on the dark side I think he's I think he is as mixed up as he seems in that scene where he kills. His, uh, Han Solo, his father. Yeah. Um, I do... Crap, what was I going to say? Um, I, I thought she was just off-putting in a in a movie that put so much effort into practical effects. Mm-hmm. It was just weird to me to have an all-CG character be front and center for some reason. Yeah. Um, I felt the same about Snoke, but like since Snoke was a projection, it made it a little more palatable to me. Um. But what I was saying is that when she picks up the lightsaber and, like, freaks out and she, like, Maz shows up and she's like, what happened? She's like, I'm never touching that thing again. She's like, it's calling out to you. Like, I'm no, you know, Jedi, but I understand, like, I know the ways of the Force. And she tells her, she's like, you've got to just let it flow through. You've got to feel it. You've got, like, she tells her all this stuff. And it's the first time, like, Ray's not done anything Force-related at that point. And then... When she's locked up in prison on the Star Destroyer, she's like, you can see it in her eyes. She's like, okay. She closes her eyes, and she tries to be calm. She tries to let the force flow through her. And then 
she ends up successfully using the force on Daniel Craig, uh, <laughs> and getting free. But before that, um, who still refused that 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 is him? He still really, that. really, yeah. <laughs> it's so clearly sure. him. Yeah, and I'll drop my weapon. Um, but no, it, it, before that, sorry, before that, she is getting her mind read by Kylo Ren, and she feels him in her mind. And then she pushes back doing the same thing. Like she feels that she feels use the force go in her mind. She pushes, pushes back into him, freaks him out and he runs away. And then, then she closes her eyes, listens to mass. Cause that's where she realizes like, Oh, holy shit. I just did something forcey. And then she listens to what Maz says, lets the force flow through her successfully escapes. And then when she's in the woods, she's basically just blocking Kylo Ren's hits until they're on the edge of that cliff and he's like, you need a teacher. I can show you the ways of the force. And it's lame. She says out loud, like the force, which uh, I like, it's a silly line. Uh, it's like when yeah. commissioner Gordon goes, Bruce Wayne is Batman. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, it, she says the force. And then you watch her close her eyes, do exactly what Maz says. She feels the force flow through her. And then she, uh, starts actually fighting like there are these key moments where you can see her decide to access this thing. She doesn't know what it is, but she's just lets it kind of take over. Um, and the fact is, I think like, you know, even emperor Stoke is like, there's been an awakening. Have you felt that he's like, bring this girl to me? Like, cause he can feel what is just awoken inside of her. Like she's clearly a fucking badass, and Snoke wants her because of it. Um, and then she has these moments where she taps in, but it's not like she really knows what she's doing. She's just like trying to let it flow through her and it works in spectacular ways. And it's enough. Like when fighting Kylo Ren, he's already injured from that, uh, the bolt caster. Yeah. And he's so emotional and crazy that he's like put off by the fact that there's this force user with no training. That's like winning, you know? And so like, yeah, she had a lot of advantages against him. But I think I think she just is adept, and with even with no training, has uh, can tap into the force very easily. Yeah, um, I just like that stuff. I I understand, I understand what you're trying to convey, but to me, it just feels unearned in a, in a way. You know, it's just like she just taps into it and can do it well. You know, uh, like even if you can see that you can do these things, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can do them. Like I I can look at someone paint a painting and look at their technique that they're using it doesn't mean that i could just automatically pick up a brush and start doing that and i understand that there's people in the world that can kind of do that they do they are adept and can pick up things annoyingly easily uh but it it just like as a story sort of thing it just wasn't satisfying for me so like i'm not saying that the movie's bad because of it i'm just saying i'm not as invested yet and i'm way more invested in kylo ren's character because he has the more interesting arc to me um and something that I, I listen to uh, Max Lendis talk about movies quite often because he's in the biz. And if do you know who that is offhand? Yeah, he he kind of rubs me the wrong way. He's annoying in a way. Like listening to him talk is annoying, but he he does have good points about stuff, and he actually has like really good. Uh, he's super nerdy, like about comic books and stuff, and he has good ideas for some comic books. And he actually wrote a good uh, Superman book recently called American Alien. It's it's honestly like I know you're probably off put by him, but it honestly is like the best Superman comic book that has come out 
it's probably since All Star Superman. I put it up there on that level of great Superman stories. Um, but he made a good point. He he was talking about the whole end part with Kylo Ren, and uh, and he was like, wouldn't it be more interesting if he was just like basically the end fight? He was so like fucking crazy and hyped up and just like he just killed his dad and he felt so guilty about it that it, it would make that fight better if he was just basically like he's like punching himself and shit but he's basically trying to like kill himself because he feels that guilt but will never never admit to it and he just like gets in this fight with uh with daisy ridley and um or with ray and oh, i don't know why i'm calling them by their real names with ray and finn but he's not just going to like outright lay there and die. He's going to like fight these people knowing that he'll probably lose. And then they like the, the, the thing cracking and dividing them is what stops the fight. And then, and he goes crazy and he's like, no, you know, it, yeah, that would be so that, that would have been such an emotional, like payoff for that whole thing. Like, like Ray's starting to learn how to fight and she's doing way better than he thought that she would and he's like fuck yeah like she's gonna kill me and i'm i'm gonna go down like a like in, like a warrior you know fighting and then the the thing cracks and divides them and it's just this thing where he's like no uh, that would be I, and thinking about that i'm like god that would have been that would have been really good but, yeah but that seems like a better payoff than than ray just being good at fighting like oh i'm good at fighting now and we just stopped because the, the thing divided us if the emotional stakes there were I killed my dad and I feel fucked about it. I'm being, I am being torn from both sides and I'm never going to admit that that at all because it, the indoctrination of the dark side and stuff like that. So in a way he's just trying to kill himself in that final battle. It's a, it's an interesting way to think about it going into it and watching it again. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been, I, I definitely see where you're going with that. I, it would have been an interesting take, but I, I enjoyed what they did so much that I don't feel, I don't feel the need for it. But like I said, I always like when I read books, when I watch movies, like I I relate to the straightforward good guy. I always was Luke Skywalker. Um, I was Harry Potter. I was Jack from Lost. Like I always like the good guy. They're like the main character yeah. good dude. Whereas I feel like most people like Han Solo and they liked Sawyer and Lost. And, you know, I don't know about Harry Potter, but it's like everybody sort of falls in love and relates to like not necessarily the the straight laced main character usually but i always do and so ray was just so like i just loved watching her yeah kick so much ass i think she's she's fun she she doesn't have anything interesting yet as a character to grab me and i think interesting things could happen in eight especially regarding her lineage which uh do you have any theories on that or do you even like to think about that type of stuff or you just want to kind of have it hit you when it hits you um i of course i've thought about it and i but i don't have any theories i think that are stronger than any others um i my hope i my number one hope that i don't think is realistic is that she's not related to anyone we know yeah um i think it would be really cool if she was just someone else but chances are she's you know, some form of Skywalker or Kenobi. Um, yeah. When I came out of the theater at a seven, I, I, my, re, my, what, what I felt deep in my balls was that she is probably a Kenobi and to bring this thing full circle. But what I thought would be a really cool idea was just if she was nobody, like what if she's just a fucking 
a new thing. You know, it doesn't have to be this loaded Skywalker saga anymore. It's because uh, yeah. because Kylo Ren kind of fulfills that he is a Skywalker basically. Right. Um, so what if she was just like kind of nobody just kind of signaling that like you don't have to be a name to be a hero like you, anybody can be a hero it's more about yeah. the content of your character exactly and if she just you know got uh she just happened to be the you know super connected with the force um yeah like shitty little anakin was in mm-hmm. the prequels like yeah. It, it, I think it would be the most interesting thing for them to do, but I don't think they will. I think Timothy will be disappointed um, if she's not related to someone. I don't really want her to be Luke's daughter. Um, I don't think she will be. That's so predictable. Yeah, and that's it's hard because like my my argument used to be that like she she talks in the movie multiple times about her family. Now she has to get home so she so that she can like wait for her family. And she has mm-hmm. memories of her family leaving her and all this stuff. Um, and so it leads you to believe that she knows who her family is. And so if that were true, you think when she, you know, when Han Solo shows up, she's not like, it's my dad, Han Solo. And yeah. when he's like, oh, that droid has a map to Luke Skywalker, she freaks out. And she's like, Luke Skywalker, like, I thought he was a myth. She's not like, oh, Luke Skywalker, that's my dad who I've been waiting for for fucking 20 years. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. She was old enough in those flashbacks to remember. Yeah. Um, but the thing is what someone pointed out to me recently is like it's completely reasonable that she was born a Skywalker and then given up for adoption right away. And that's so she still was, uh, you know, she was put on this planet for her safety because the people that took care of her, just like Luke's aunt and uncle, like knew who she was and knew what she was capable of and was mm-hmm. put away like to protect her. But she still thinks her family are just, you know, these regular people. She doesn't know that they're anything major. Um, so it still could be uh, Luke. It could be Han. Like, there's little things between Han and Leia and her that could, in the future, we could look back and go, oh, it's so obvious. Like, But it all could be other stuff, too. So yeah. we'll see. I, I think about it some, but I don't think that there's enough evidence for me to feel like I have a strong theory. And I end up just having a wish that it's nobody. Yeah. Um, we, we shall see how it plays out. Uh, how do you feel about these standalone films? You, you saw Rogue One, right? Yeah. Oh, I actually wanted to touch on that. When you yeah. were talking about um, Yoda and seeing him do all his badass lightsaber stuff, sort of mm-hmm. like took away some of the myth of yeah. the character. I agree with Yoda, but I loved seeing Darth Vader go fucking apeshit in uh, yeah <laughs> in Rogue One. So I agree with what you're saying, but I also was really happy to for them to do the exact same thing. In I Rogue feel like One. that was necessary though, because Darth Vader. I mean, he's already Vader, so you know, show all that you want. It's just like talking about him before the Vader turn is, is like that's more interesting right. than showing it to me. But yeah, I mean, like. It was almost like the only time you saw Vader do awesome stuff was when he fought Luke or, or Obi-Wan, and those were slow, kind of mean daring fights. Right. Uh, but being uh, watching him go full movie monster in Rogue One was so dope. And I don't care if that movie had been bad the whole time, which it wasn't. It was awesome. Right. Uh, that last like minute of him tearing through that fucking hallway w- would have been worth it. Yeah, I I absolutely loved Rogue One. Um, yeah. One thing I loved about it was that 
I thought its pacing was fantastic. Like it was this slow start. It just started. Mm-hmm. You're meeting these characters and they're slowly ramping up and you're getting to know them. And it's like, I remember thinking at the beginning, like, I don't know how I feel about this movie. Um, yeah. And then I, I felt the same way. Yeah. It just, it just went up and up and up and up. And then it was over. Like it just, it started slow and then the pace got more intense and more intense and more intense until the credits rolled. Like, it literally the climax ended with the credits rolling and you don't get that in movies most of the time or stories in general. There's always some sort of wind down. Um, I did not expect the movie to end 30 minutes before episode four begins. That was yeah, it was awesome. awesome. Um, yeah. I like most people absolutely hated CG, uh, Tarkin Tarkin. Um, yeah. And I realized pretty early on. So distracting. I was was like, the reason we're getting so much CG Tarkin is because they're going to show us CG Leia later. Um, And they did. And it was like, she wasn't that bad because she was so quick. Um, But it still was just like, why? Like, it just is a baffling decision to me. You can, Mm -hmm. you can cheat your way around those things easily. Yeah. You could have made Tarkin a hologram in every scene. It would have been totally fine. Yeah. Um, Awesome. You could have, had it oh you know you could have had his he's an intimidating ass dude he could have had his fucking back turned to everybody who's talking to all the time like they could have done some things they didn't have to give him so many lines in that movie either like if you're oh, gonna yeah. have they just they they committed 100 percent, which i guess there's something to be said for that um mm-hmm. but i just think it was a mistake um and every time he was on scene it it took me out of the movie and made me uncomfortable um and then he would go away and yeah. i would i would get back into it um, it was so obvious. It was so distracting. Like the, the CG was good, but not good enough. Like uh, some people that I talked to about, I was baffled after I saw it. They were like, Tarkin was good. I would doubt that anyone think thought it was a CG character. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> he looks like a cartoon. Got like way too much time, like just set on that dude's face. I actually thought it looked good when you saw his reflection in the mirror and he had his back yep, turned. I agree. And then when he turned around and talked, I was like, Ugh, I hope they don't do this. I hope they don't do this again in this movie. Cause yeah, I was like, bad. I remember I was like, that times. was weird. Good thing it was yeah. that one scene. Oh, nope. Yeah. I have to see it a ton. Yeah, he's a way bigger character in that movie than I thought he would be. Which is like, at that point, just fucking cast an actor and then put some makeup on him. Even if you're going to like put someone else's voice over him, someone that does a good impression, which that guy did a great impression of him. Yeah. Uh, just put a different actor in it and put some makeup on. Or even just like say his name and get somebody that kind of looks like him. Like, no one's going to care. Characters get recast and stuff all the time. Like Game of Thrones, the mountain has been recast four times. Four different actors have played the mountain at this point. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, I mean, if you go back in season one, and then he's in season two a little bit, I doubt you would even... It's a blink-and-you-miss-it type thing because they name-drop him, but it's not the same actor. It also doesn't look like him. I think one more time before you see the, the guy who plays him now who who crushed that uh, Oberyn's head in season four. Right. Spoil- you got to tell people that we got Game of Thrones spoilers coming up, Keith. Um, you just say stuff like that. Season four happened two years ago. If you're not up on your Game of Thrones shit. No, Keith, I'm not going to be part. Up. I'm not going to be part of this podcast. If we don't do appropriate spoiler I'll, warnings, even if it's I'll, two years in ago. the description, look in, in the description, it'll say I'll, I'll put it all there. Okay. Thank um, you. Right in the but, description, uh, I'll spoil the part in Game of Thrones Season 4 where the mountain crushes Oberon's skull. <laughs> I, will, I will say that, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll be super sensitive about it. I'll, I'll pretend that I'm writing it to you and you hadn't seen Game of Thrones. Thank you. 
Um, no, then you know me. I would get be like, oh great, now I know something happens in Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things things do happen in Game of Thrones. That's the tagline for every season. <laughs> season seven, Game of Thrones. Tune in. Things happen. Oh well, I'm not even gonna fucking watch it. I didn't know that. Ah, fuck. Sorry to go. Um, but no, yeah, like recasting would have been great. Um, in the same movie, they they cast a young woman to play Mon Mothma who looked fantastic. Yeah, like exactly. She was awesome, and they didn't have to do that good. They could have done. I don't know. It's just like I know I wasn't like man. You know what? It would be a real bummer is if they made uh, a new Star Wars movie that takes place at the same timeline of the original trilogy and, and, and grand moth Tarkin isn't in it. Like it mm-hmm. just wasn't important enough, I think yeah. to do what they did. Um, but anyway, honestly, it's so expensive too. It's like, yeah, it's an embarrassment of riches at a certain point. I saw fast eight last night, um, yeah. which I like those fast movies, especially after, uh, like four and up are really good because they kind of change their tone and they kind of know what they are and they're totally consistent in being like very silly and over the top. Uh, but eight took it a step too far where they have these scenes that they do, they do one thing and then they up it and then they up it by 30. And I'm just like, this is unnecessary and not fulfilling any sort of purpose and looks like it costs a shit ton of money. And at a certain point I'm like, what is even the point of this? Um, it's just, yeah, it's an embarrassment of riches. And, uh, you know, pa- good to them. They have the money to spare or whatever. But it's like you could this could be more well spent somewhere yeah. else. And we but talked s- about last week with, uh, you know, doing having a lower budget makes you be more creative. And uh, and most of the time makes a better product. Right. And that's what I worry about with a lot of these star with 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 Disney kind of being writing blank checks for star Wars and, and Marvel films is like, are they just going to get lazy and do the easy shit? Like do it the easy way now. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to sum up like some of the Marvel movies that I don't like that. did don't click with me as I, as sort of how I feel about them. I'm just like, okay, like it was easy. Like it, yeah, they made that movie and it was what I would have expected it to be. Um, yeah. but I, I want to back up just a tiny bit because Sure. That literally is my only complaint with Rogue yeah. One. Uh, yeah, I I don't want to I don't want to talk more about the one thing I didn't like about Rogue One than all the things mm-hmm. I did like. Yeah, um, because it was I thought it was a phenomenal movie. Uh, I I really liked the uh, Jen. I thought she was awesome. Um, yeah, that's her name, right, Jen? Jen Urso. Yeah, Jen Urso. Yeah, um, she was great. I liked. Uh, her, the Mexican dude she's with, and I've I've read multiple people that are like thrilled to see a Mexican actor with a Mexican accent mm-hmm. be a main character in a movie because it's not yeah. something that's heavily represented. Like, and it's cool. And people, you know, white dudes love to bitch about overly inclusive movies, but it's like, no, it's okay that other people get their chance every once in a while. Every once in a while, still is the best it gets. Yeah, yeah. To to get to see themselves represented in a movie. The one thing I, I don't like with that stuff, and and this is not anywhere near, not even a complaint with this at all, at all. But I don't like diversity for diversity's sake. So f- for that example, of what I'll say is, um, you know, in Star Wars, it's, it's awesome because it's always been that way. You've always had like, like think about when Empire came out. Lando is a black man in a position of power. Think about how fucking crazy that is in the early 80s late 70s when that came out you know yeah like, and he if i recall he didn't uh do anything bad with his power yeah no yeah 
um he ended up being like a real good dude overall yeah. uh but uh, like the witcher the witcher 3 is set in poland and it's it's set in a backdrop of polish uh folklore and it's set in a time like the 13 or 14 1400s in right. poland if they were just going to have like a bunch of black people in the game or Hispanics in the game just to fulfill a diversity quota, it would have fell off. That's why the game has predominantly Caucasian people because that's what Poland was in that time. Right. Um, and, and people fucking complained about it. And it's like, that's not, you know, we made our game based on, you know, what was historically accurate. Right. You know, throwing it, throwing in all this folklore and shit too, you know, but it's like, you know, it does it just doesn't make sense. Why would we do that? You know? And so, but Star Wars lends itself to that because it's, it kind of is a backdrop for diversity overall. Right. But, and it's, it's of course, like, even this conversation is like a slippery slope because the problem is we've been watching movies for so long that just star white people that when you have movies that have non-white males in them, everyone's Mm -hmm. like, I'm sick of this diversity for diversity's sake. I've heard too many people complain about The Force Awakens. It's like... Do we really? I mean, it's just like they're just catering uh, to you know to people by having a, a woman and a black guy, and it's like no, the, like the only reason it feels like it's intentional uh, is because it's yeah. not the way it's been forever, and it probably is intentional, but it's going to have to be intentional for a long time before movies just star whoever they need to star, you know? Yeah. Uh, and there's no complaint from me in Star Wars being like that. Because, yeah, like I, said, I, I didn't. It's think always been was. like that. Leia was a much stronger, uh, victorious character than Luke ever was. Luke lost all the time, and Leia was always the one propping his little bitch ass up. Yeah, and giving so, him uh, little incest that's, kisses. That's consistent with that universe, you know. It's like we can have diversity in things for sure, and like the I feel like people argue diversity for diversity's sake poorly, and I think that you know the thing that I put forth, I had a specific example. I think that's a good argument for that it's not something that i feel the need to argue at in any sort of regular interval but you know um in star wars absolutely go fucking crazy of a blank slate why not fill it up with diverse characters right. even like we play overwatch all the time that shit is built on diversity it's yeah, not that's like the whole point. an established franchise that they're just like throwing diversity in for whatever reason it, or it takes place in a certain place in time that, that doesn't make sense it's like it's in the future it's its own thing why not just have maximum diversity? Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. And I actually got in an argument in uh, comments online with somebody about that. They're like, how come gay people need a gay person in a video game to have fun with it? Because there's an <laughs> article about that, like, fans of Overwatch want, us, want characters to be gay. Yeah. And then it was just like, clearly, like, I don't know. It's just, I, I couldn't not, <laughs> I could not bite. They're like, well, yeah. because people like to see themselves in their entertainment and right overwatch exactly. is specifically a game about having a huge net of characters that come from all sorts of different places there's a fucking moon monkey in it yeah and you're <laughs> gonna be upset if they make one of the characters gay like yeah i actually was really impressed because everybody assumed that like saria was gay because she's very butchy looking um mm-hmm. and i i thought it was a big move uh on blizzard's part to make their like flagship cover character a gay character yeah god um, god help us when they drop a trans character the way the fucking internet will blow up oh yeah it'll it's be like a it while. doesn't 
it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter at all. Like just don't read the comic books that uh, that precede the game, and then you're fine. Or just don't play the game if it bothers you that much. Like I don't know. There's literally dozens, I would say hundreds of other options for you to play. Like there's so many fucking games that get released every week. Yeah. You know, it's just like that's the sort of thing. It's just like if you don't like it, no one's forcing you to play it. No one's forcing you to watch these movies. No one's forcing you to do any of this stuff. Be go ahead and be on the wrong side of history. And people love hearing that. Yeah, they do. Because they're rational. Um, so, yeah, Star Wars. Really excited for Episode Eight. Yeah. Um, I was already real excited about it, and now I'm extra excited about it because the trailer was so dang good. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, yeah, I already was going to see it. Like it, it already has my money, but whatever new things, info footage, whatever else comes out. Uh, don't need to see it. I'm not going to watch any of that stuff. I'm sure I'll, I'll like see enough to talk to you about it if we need to. But yeah. I'm media blackout as much as I can with that stuff. No I'll really. try to, I'll probably, since this was just like a teaser, I, I being realistic, I'm probably not going to be able to avoid watching mm-hmm. uh, the first like real trailer. But I honestly, yeah. I think that the force awakens did a great job not like I had watched, I think the teaser and maybe the first two trailers and it was, Mm -hmm. it was like a struggle every time, but I ended up breaking and watching them. Um, and even with all of that, they, I had no idea what to expect going into that movie. And I thought that was pretty fun. Mm -hmm. So I I hope they do a similar approach here. Like they know what's going to sell at star Wars. They, they don't have to spoil the money shot like they do in so many other action movies to get tickets sold. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Battlefront for at least, you know, a minute or two. We don't have to dedicate a lot of time to it. Because I feel like I want to champion this game for a very specific reason. And not because I played Battlefront 1 pretty much at all. I played the demo and played it a little bit when it came out. But I was not impressed, basically. Um, you watched the trailer for it? I did. I watched, like, the campaign trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, having a campaign is a huge thing, and they didn't have a campaign in the other one, and I, that was a huge missed opportunity. It was missed opportunity makes it like it was a fuck you. <laughs> I feel like that's yeah. that that's honestly the main reason I'm not excited for Battlefront Two is that I I was given Battlefront One as a gift, um, mm. and I tried to play it a good bit, and it was awful, and I felt like the it was way too limited for a sixty dollar game. There were not yeah. nearly enough modes or maps. Um, I didn't. I'm not a great at shooters, and that game does was not fun for me at all. And that's yeah. not that's not on Battlefront. That's on me. Those are not the yeah. kind of games I'm good at. But yeah. I wanted to go have fun, and I couldn't. And so I just I I almost exclusively had a bad time when I played that game. And then on top of that, yeah, there wasn't a one player mode, so I couldn't even go just be bad at shooters by myself. Um, yeah, there wasn't there weren't enough different modes. It, it took so long. The game had just come out and it took so long to find servers to play on. Sometimes like we would sit yeah. there forever trying to queue into a lobby and then we'd finally get in and we would just get destroyed over and over again. And I was like, this is not fun. Like it just, I just had almost no fun with it. Um, That's the thing with that studio though. Like they're, they release these technically impressive uh, games, but then mechanically they, they, 
you know, and with the servers and stuff, they have problems. Uh, it's the same studio that makes Battlefield. Um, like Battlefield Four was a disaster. I, I remember, like, not only was I bad at that game, uh, it, it was like super glitchy and and hard to get into a game and maintain like a good flow. I played a little bit of Battlefield One, which was it had an awesome campaign, and I played it online a little bit, but it, it really just isn't my thing. Like, it's not my pace of online shooter at all. Um, but the new campaign for Battlefront Two looks to be really interesting to me um, because you're playing as a hero of the Empire, right? And so you're playing from the bad guy's perspective, but even from the bad guy's perspective, there's heroes in there that have stories that are worth telling. And I think that that's a bold choice to make. Um, and plus the people that are writing the game are, it's the same writer who wrote a game called spec ops, the line, which is a game that is criminally underrated and underplayed and underappreciated. And I think it was because when it came out, it, they didn't market it well and just made it look like another bro shooter basically. But it was strictly a single player game with a campaign uh, and it told an amazingly, it, it told a really great dark story really fucking well. Where it's one of those things like Breaking Bad, where you sympathize with the person in the beginning, but by the end you're disgusted by him. But you're playing as this guy, right? Um, and I I can't sing that game's praise enough. It was it was on sale on Steam recently for like five bucks. Totally worth it. Um, you just have to get past the beginning part because the first like thirty minutes or so. It does just play like a typical military shooter, but once the story kicks in, it, it's really unique and has some really fucked up parts. Um, it's not like it's hard to get through it all on an emotional level. It's just like it does something interesting that games didn't do, and it was written really well. So I'm I'm happy to see that that guy get another chance to do a game, especially doing something that looks morally uh, ambiguous, like playing as heroes of the Empire, like n- like no one wants to do that everyone wants to be rebels and heroes and stuff but you know on the empire side there are people that consider themselves the hero of their own story and i i think that that could be an interesting campaign i think it could be as well but i'm just like i have too much bad will from the the last one yeah to even care um because even then it's like i was like oh you know it'd be cool if they released uh death star and if they released this and this and it was like cool you can have it if you buy the 50 dollars season pass or just spend all this money on DLC. Like that game was so bare bones that I thought it yeah. was it was such a dick move for them to charge as much as they did for DLC. It should have all been free. I feel like that's the EA side of it though. Like EA is a fucking annoying publisher. Um and yeah. they do garbage shit like that all the time. Like I I wouldn't put that on the studio, I'd put that more on EA. But I that's, don't really I, know because I, I don't know the workings of it. That's I'm I'm not I don't care if it's the studio's fault or EA's fault because this next game is being made by EA and the studio like it's the same combination yeah. there's going to be the same horse shit yeah. um, and I'm just not interested in dealing with it and honestly that's it really came down to when I played that game I didn't have fun um, yeah it was beautiful it sounded really cool and it was not any fun for me to play and some of it's their fault and some of it's my fault but none of neither of those things have changed going into this next one I haven't gotten good at shooters. Yeah, um, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't a sixty dollars game. It should have been sold for forty or even thirty, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do like me a good, solid single player um, shooter campaign. Um, 
So I will most likely play it. Probably not until it's on sale because I don't really want to pay $60 for, you know, I don't know how, how long the campaign is going to be. Probably a standard like six to eight hour sort of thing. Um, but it makes me wish that you could just buy these things separately. Like if Call of Duty released their whatever yearly edition and you could just buy the single player and the multiplayer separate or get them packaged, that'd be brilliant. I don't think they'd ever do that, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be super awesome. Yeah, I could I could talk myself into something like that probably. Yeah. Um well yeah, I think uh I think that's about all the Star Wars stuff I have to talk about. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. um I guess oh I'm wondering how you feel. I feel I'm pretty satisfied. Me too. Me too. Next week I wanna get weird. I'm gonna pick some weird topics for next week. Yeah? I think we played it pretty safe first two episodes, which is, I think, fine to do. Uh, kept it nerdy and, like, very centered on star, like, nerd shit, like Star Wars and then yeah. Nintendo games and stuff. Yeah. I want to get weird next week. I got some things. I got some things are brewing. All right. All right. Uh, you could find me on Twitter at Double Jump Chump. Sam doesn't use Twitter because he's too cool for that shit. Uh you could probably find him on Facebook though if you dug deep enough. You don't have um, to. Um, I will get a Facebook and and probably a website set up for the show. For now, just keep uh, just follow us on iTunes, and rate us there, subscribe, tell tell all your friends about it. Please tell all your friends about it. Tell them because there's like one of you right now, and if you tell all your friends, aside from me and Keith, that'll probably add like three more people. Yeah, and then the you know, and then I it's like exponential from there. Yeah, so okay. Until next time, Sam, send them out. Um, wait, what do I do? I don't know. Tell them goodbye. Oh, okay. Um, thank you so much for listening. It's been lovely, and we'll speak to you for about a, an hour, or maybe a little more next week. Yep. Um, what's my send off? I forgot it. Um, keep moving forward and laugh at everything. Yeah. And...